we've sold properties, exact same property. One sits vacant, the other one rents. Sometimes there is this property that just has a cloud over it and there's nothing you can do about it. And that has to play into this decision as well. But today we're just going to do math. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hey, hey, everyone. Man, Heather, I just got, <laughs> I've been in Florida two weeks in a row. That's true. And <laughs> you've been traveling a lot way more than I want to. And I tell people I've been in Florida, they're like, oh, wah, crummy river. Yeah. I mean, the weather was nice. I was inside the whole time. I mean, I I guess on breaks, I would walk outside and and think about how nice it was that if I had some trunks and some time and I could just lay by the pool like everybody else. Sorry. What were you saying? I said, but you also live in Charleston. So it's not like. Yeah. So um... also don't feel bad for me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But because you sound like a, a pool, big difference. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. 50 feet away from me right now. And I could go get exactly shorts on and go. Yes. Right now, Heather. True. I'm and glad you have like priorities. 77 outside right now. <laughs> priorities okay. <are> on. <laughs> I bring up the trip because, you know, what we're going to talk about today comes from that trip. Yeah. I will say that we had planned this presentation like, gosh, like two months ago, what you would discuss. And I said, I would take on one piece, which was this piece we're going to talk about today. And I put it off until the night before you were probably asleep. I was on a flight putting all this together. And I texted Ron and I said, Hey, just so you know, when you wake up, this is going to be on slides, whatever, 14. (laughs) Like while I'm in Utah or while I'm in, uh, you're already uh, there. Florida. You're presenting at yeah. 9 a.m. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And it was great. <laughs> but I learned something interesting down there. I was just talking to Heather, everybody. I was, I was just like, this isn't your typical group that yeah. we speak to where people don't know about investing in real estate and they don't mm-hmm. understand and they don't know about money and they don't understand finances and any of that. Yeah. Am I going out too far on a limb to say these people are rather financially savvy? Yeah, I would say they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So it was a little bit shocking to me that when we threw these examples out that they didn't know what to do with them. Like nobody got the answer right. Not that it was, I mean, it was kind of subjective, but when they gave me their answer, I just said, okay, so back up your answer. Either answer would have been fine. They just needed to back up their answer. And when they started to back up their answer, they had the math wrong. That's what I'm talking about. So it's, mm-hmm. it was a subjective answer, but math is not subjective. Yeah. And I know that people in you know education these days think that math is all kinds of things, including subjective, but it is not. It is actually right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You get no points for trying. Uh, yeah. You actually have to have it right. Um, and because of that, Heather and I decided to do something that is really difficult. So if you're in a car listening to this, which I know some of you are, this is going to test your brain power because we are going to do numbers without the ability for you to see them. But this is really important. Yeah. It's worth it. I think to try. 
So we're going to try. You guys, let us know in the comments how wickedly we failed on this. But this is going to be our attempt at trying to make it so that you understand. We've Listen, we've talked about these things before on the mm -hmm. show. But I don't think we talked about them in enough detail that people understand how to do the math. And Evan, I one think of the things to leave it open-ended, we usually just tell the answers. Like yeah. this is a, you guys have got to learn how to do the math a little bit. So. And I think one of the cool things about the slides that Heather made everybody is that she put enough information in there. It's like word problems from, you know, <laughs> middle school and high school, right? It's the ones that everybody's like, gosh, dang it. I have to read the whole stupid thing. Yeah, you do. And yeah. you need different pieces in there and some of the pieces you don't need and that kind of, that's kind of what it was. Mm -hmm. So I was actually, I was really good at these. Not to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Okay. I was really good at these. All right. So the reason for all of this, Heather, tell everybody what the reasoning behind our. Yeah. So they actually, the group had requested from me that people don't know what to do with their equity. This was a few months ago. So even before. It's just like the last two months, things have amped up even more, right? So what do you do with equity? How do you know if it's time to sell your property? And by and large, if you've had property for a couple of years, you probably have some equity in it. Just, I mean, shooting from the hip over here that you probably have some equity. <laughs> there are very few markets that went down in value. Let's yes. put it that way. Yes. Um, so it's really looking at the whole picture though, because... I met with a client on one of these. I met with him and went through the options and we dissected the numbers. We dissected the details. And in the end, both of us were like, yeah, you could go either way. You could sell or you could keep it because it is subjective, but mm -hmm. you have to really understand the details of what your questions should be because man, it's really easy to just say, oh man, I have 50 grand in equity. I could buy another property. Yep. But then to really look at, the details. Yeah. That's I told him, you know, depending on what the numbers are, there's also a pain in the butt factor here. Mm -hmm. So if, if the property is a royal pain in your butt, which some of them are, let's just be honest about it. If yep. you own five or 10 properties, you're bound to have a dog in the bunch. Yeah. And Heather, we've talked about this before too, that, I mean, we've sold properties, exact same property, like a block away from each yep. other. Once it's vacant, the other one rents, same rent, same everything. Really, everything's the same. Sometimes there is this property that just has a cloud over it and there's nothing you can do about it. And that has to play into this decision as well. But today, we're just going to do math. That's right. Math is my favorite subject. Now, and the reason I love what I do. Some of you are going to turn this episode off now, <laughs> and that will be to your detriment. You That's, right. That's right. Because some pretty financially savvy people in this room, I, there must've been 50 or 60 people in there and they just didn't know how to do this. So without further ado, we're going to do an example of a property. It doesn't really matter where this is, but this one happens to be in North Carolina. So it doesn't really matter that it was built in 1981. Here's all the cool facts that you don't need. <laughs> House was built in 1981, purchased in 2016, all kind of irrelevant for what we're going to do, but fun facts anyway, bought it for 80,000. So it's actually 79.9, but we're going to make the math as easy as possible on your drive today or whenever mm -hmm. you're listening. So I'll just say really quickly, if you're not driving and you can 
like write this down. Just write it down. Yeah. Not type it, like actually write it down so that you can watch how this flows. Okay. And if you're old school like me, you can draw the line. You can do all the cool old type. Old school math. Old school math that actually gets the right answer. Please nobody do. What's the new math called, Heather? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Whatever that stupid new math is, don't do that. The triangles. You mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Common Common core. core. Don't do Common common core. core. Don't do common core math or you'll get a wrong answer. Maybe that's what everybody there was doing. Common core <laughs> math. It could be. It could could be. be. That could be the problem. <laughs> okay. Purchase for 80,000 with 20% down. Okay. So if you get your calculator and you need it, it's okay to break it out. You're mm-hmm. going to need that number, the 20% down number. Okay. Now, before somebody comments that there's closing costs and a whole bunch of other things, we're trying to keep this really simple. Okay. Money in, 20% down. 20% of 80,000 is 16,000, okay? Interest rate is 5%. Now, we we gave you the interest rate is 5% because that's how you're going to figure out your payment, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, And since I don't have the payment, but I do have what you really need here, and that is total expenses are $550 a month, had a lease, at $900 a month, but now rent can go to $1,200 a month. Holy crap. That is a, <laughs> that's a solid increase right there, people. And this is a real example, like real happened example. Real happened example. <laughs> now the property is worth 130,000, okay? So then I just asked the room, with all of that information, should you keep it or should you sell it? So the first, two calculations here. First, I asked everybody to to figure out what the return on investment was. So when this property was purchased, what was the return on investment? And if you don't recall, return on investment is annualized cash flow. Okay. So we know that the the property was rented for $900 a month. And we know that the expenses were $550 a month which leaves us $350 a month for cash flow. And if you multiply that by 12 to annualize it, that's $4,200. In order to get your return on investment, you take that annualized cash flow and you divide it by what you have in the property, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is, if you guys all remember, 16,000. 16, yeah. Okay, so divided by 16,000. I'm actually, those of you who can see me, I am... Cheating. <laughs> I'm doing this right along with you. Here we go. That is a 26% cash on cash return. So that's hella good in case you were wondering, like, we can't reproduce that today. That's a mm-hmm. really, really good deal because it was from 2016, people, eight years ago. All right. Now, what we need to figure out is the return on equity. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, cool, well, the equity in the property is it's worth 130,000 remember and the property cost 80,000 so the equity in the property is 50,000 50,000 okay but one of the mistakes that everybody made is that they didn't include oh, their down didn't. payment oh. right and also ron i put in the year that it was purchased in case i know i know and to not make things complicated today heather we're not going to do that but (laughs) we did have a conversation about this because somebody astute 
there said, yeah, but didn't you have principal pay down too? Yeah, actually eight years of mm -hmm. principal pay down. Well, at least seven, seven years of principal pay down, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not insignificant either. But let's just keep the math super simple, okay? So we have $50,000 worth of equity that the market gave us. Thank and then you. Heather, we've got another 16. So we're at 66. Okay. Yep. Now, how do we figure out return on equity, Heather? Take your, your annual cash flow that we just calculated, but, but at the new rent, are you doing it twice with the old rent and the new rent or just let's one? do it. At, let's do both because let's just okay. make sure. Cause if you don't have this crazy substantial, uh, increase in rent true. and you would just be where you are, right? Yeah, so let's say true. you just have a tenant in the property. They're still paying you 900 and you've got 50,000. Let's now let's do the math. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be 4,200 in annual cash flow when it's leased at $900 and you divide that by the $66,000. I also have a calculator pulled up and that is 6.3%. Okay. So at this point, you've got a, you've got some this is where the subjective piece comes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no right or wrong answer to this, by the way. But what you need to ask yourself is okay, can I do better than 6% cash on cash mm -hmm. return? And the answer is absolutely you can. So, where does the subjective piece come in here, Heather? Well, it's that how long have you owned it? Do you have a good paying tenant? Do you have a long term tenant? And with this property, hey, the rent just went up and it got leased at that amount. So, okay, well, let's figure it out the new amount because that actually is important to this one, but let's just say that that didn't happen. What would you be thinking about as, you know, as an owner of this property with a 6% and you got $50,000 of equity staring you in the face? Well, I could look at doing a cash out refinance, but the problem is the loan amount's really small. So it's really hard to get a lender to do a cash out refinance on such a low loan amount, actually. And so that kind of eliminates that as a solid option. And they also ding you with a higher rate for having a lower mortgage amount. So loan amount, I mean, so that was, that's an issue on this one. So selling it, you know, I did, if I do a 1031 exchange and cost segregation on the property I sold, the depreciation recapture, like all of those things, you have to weigh in the balance. And mm -hmm. then also in this market, making sure you can get a replacement property within that 45 day designation period. So there's a lot of, do you have time to get pre-approved? Do you have time to handle it? Yeah. Yeah. And like going back to, do you have a really solid tenant that's taking really good care yeah. of your property? So is it worth rolling the dice for increased rent? Could you increase the rent? 50 to hundred dollars and they stay because in order for them to mm -hmm. move and get something that nice, they have to pay 1200. You're still under market rent. So there's a lot of different things that you can factor in here. Okay. Yep. But you can't factor in any of that if you don't have the data. Yeah. All right. So this, this is really, really important. Now the next piece of the data is it, I think helps to make that decision, right? Because well, if the rent's going up to $1,200 a month, that means now your cash flow is not $4,200 a month or a year. It's $7,800 a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you've got your calculator out or if you're doing this on paper, old school, you take 7,800 and you divide that by the 66,000 and all of a sudden you've got a little different story here. 
because now you're making um, basically 12% on your money, all of the equity. So your return on equity is 12%. It's not as good as when you purchased the property in 2016, but it's still really, really attractive because I mean, can you legitimately sell that, go through all the pain in the butt that it's going to be to be able to sell that and replace the property? And can you do that and make more than 12% cash on cash return, especially yes. if you've got a really solid, good paying tenant in a nice area? Yeah. It's going to be really difficult in today's market to do that. So your money's still making really, really good money. And isn't it nice to know that now if if the only piece of information you had was that the property went up $50,000 and you got $66,000 sitting there, that'd be pretty tempting to just sell. But I'm not sure that would be the right answer in this particular scenario. So did they say to sell this one in the... They did. They did. Uh-huh. And you know, if, if, you, if you even do the math the correct way with yeah. 50000 instead of... 66, you're down below your single digits, which again, Mm -hmm. if you're high single digits right now, it still might not be worth selling it because like Heather said, it's going to be a pain in the butt to do it. Yeah. And 1031 exchanges right now are extremely stressful. And I get, I've had probably half a dozen people referred to me in their last week of designating property multiple times in the last six months. They're like, Hey, talk to Heather. She'll help you. And not with like 50,000. Yeah. Like yeah. with half a million or one and a half million. I had that they're 12 trying million, to place. one with 12 million. And I mean, had a week. If you have waited until the week to call yeah. us because you thought you were going to be able to do this on your own, you're probably going to end up with less than you need because yep. inventory is just, and I told this room too, I said, look, you know, you got to understand the, the game you're playing right now as well. Okay. There's a lot of money chasing very few deals. And so the real estate that we are getting right now is so far and away better than what we're seeing out in the market. I mean, Heather, it's it's amazing. We, we don't necessarily care about our competitors, but we do occasionally take a look, you know, just to see if we're in line and we're, we so beat them. I mean, it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, so we have really, really solid performing properties, but we don't have enough for everybody. So anyway, if you've been thinking about this, you need to do your math, figure it out. And then if you want to do a 1031 exchange, give us a little notice. A week is, I mean, we'll still help you, but it would have been a whole lot nicer to have 45 days then. Well, and most of these people, Ron, I sent them property. They could have satisfied their 1031 exchange, but it was too fast for them to make a decision. The ones that didn't move forward, it was because... One of them just bailed and said, I'll just pay the taxes. I don't have enough time to make a decision because they left it too short. So yeah, while they did have enough time, they don't now. Yes, exactly. Anyway, so I hope that was helpful. You know, Heather and I rolled the dice on this one. We have never really done anything with that deep of, of numbers. Yeah. Because it's really, really hard to do without some kind of a visual. And you know what? We'll post this in our Facebook group. We can post the example in the Facebook group and then maybe we'll post another one and see if you guys can do the math. That might be fun. Yeah. So if so, you're not in the Facebook group, reach out and join. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We get a lot of people in there who who are, are happy to help comment and yeah. Answer questions. Anyway, it's, a, it's a great group. Yeah. Reach out to us, invest at rpcinvest.com and we'll send you the link because 
you might join another group that's not ours if we just tried to tell you the name. <laughs> okay. So I think that at least now you should be able to figure out return on equity versus your return on your cash on cash return. They're basically the same thing. You just do one with all of the equity. Most important thing is to remember all of your equity. So in this particular one, we didn't do principal reduction. But oh, yeah. There was substantial principal reduction. I mean, it was it was seven years worth of principal reduction. So it would have been many thousands of dollars that are still in there that you would have to do, you know, you would have to do all of that. So one of the things that we're doing to make this easy. Now we're not doing this because you shouldn't know how to do the math. We're doing this to make it easy just be, from a time perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've been talking to you guys about our software that we built for a long time and we are currently launching it. So, so exciting. Yes, I know. <gasps> I actually was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He said, how's your software going? I said, we're about ready to launch. He goes, you haven't launched that yet? What's your problem? <laughs> I said, well, we want it to be right. He goes, it's not ever going to be perfect, dude. You just got to launch it and then, you know, add what people want. And he's right. But it's pretty yeah. good, Heather. I mean, we, it we did wait probably a little longer than we should have, but it's pretty good. So one of the cool things, Heather, that, that I'm not going to take away Heather's thunder because she's been working super, super hard on this. This is like her brainchild, so to speak. It is really fun. I mean, most people maybe don't know this about me, but I was, I was an accounting major and then oh. I changed to computer information systems, but I decided that I liked people too much. And that was my main reason that I said, I can't keep going down this path. I love people and I love helping people. And that's not going to get that in the same way that I want, like not the interaction. So this project has really blended a lot of my favorite things, which is people helping people and numbers. So and spreadsheets, um, and spreadsheets, love I, spreadsheets. <laughs> I love color coding, all the things. So yeah, the investor portal is going to give our clients the ability to know their market value from a local agent, not from a computer generated number or a tax generated number. It's going to be an actual based on comps number, which is amazing. Super it, it really is amazing guys. And we tried so hard to find a good data set and there, there isn't a plug and play data mm -hmm. set. There just isn't, especially in a market like we have right now. Yeah. I mean, yep. three months from now, I, things could be wildly different than they are today. Yes. And those data sets are behind. We're finding that they're they're behind quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. And this so, will be updated quarterly as as planned. But if we see huge bump in the market, we can pivot if we need to. So So this was Heather's idea. And I actually said that'll never work, Heather. We can't <laughs> do that. So I went down the road trying to get the data. And I finally came back and after plugging in what two or three different data sets, I was just like, this is horrible yeah. data. I mean, it's horrible data. Yes. It was like tax assessed value was the market value. It was horrible. And we were trying to figure out like how to, and thanks to Zillow and all of the other people who basically screwed the Realtors Association over, the Realtors, the National Association of Realtors said, yeah, screw you. We're not going to mm -hmm. share data anymore. Yep. So once they did that, I mean, Zillow was already pretty bad, but then it got worse because mm -hmm. they don't have any supporting from any real comps. 
unless they're in a reporting state. So if you're in a state that doesn't require reporting, Zillow is pathetic because they, they literally can't get the data anymore because they pissed off the National Association of Realtors. So we actually, because Heather built out the system, we actually have local realtors that we work with in all of the markets where our properties are, and they are going to quarterly pull all the data that it's we need. It's going to be beautiful. And it, yeah, it's going to be amazing. So anyway, we're super excited for you guys to try that. We have been working on this for a long, long time. That's not all it does though. No, that's like just one piece. That's the most recent one I'm working on. So that piece will then calculate the return on equity for you. Bam. So all the math we just did will be Bam. a number that's in front of your face when you log in. I'm very excited about that. There will be no excuses for you to not know what your return on equity is. Mm -hmm. And then you can mm -hmm. make all of these. And if you want to call in and say, oh, I got to talk through this property because I don't know, we'll help you with that piece. But at least we'll have the data set that we need to be able to make exactly. the appropriate decisions. Yep. But it will also do many other things for you. Well, you can link other properties that you already own. A lot of clients were, bought other properties before meeting us. And so they've asked me so many times, can I bring in my old properties that I didn't buy with you guys? And I said, yes. So that's running right now. And I've already told our local agents that we may get a bump in new properties uploaded to the portal that we may pull one more data set, as Ron said, with uh, market values. And then we can analyze the actual monthly statements. It syncs to your property management Get out. portal. I know. Don't lie, Heather. And there, it's like so great because we have a team in the background analyzing the data and finding discrepancies that have helped me with my portfolio. I'm like, wait, where did that charge come from? Right? Because it's yep. breaking it out. And I actually just directed them this last week that if it's an unidentified expense, it goes into other so that it can let you know as the owner, like, look, we couldn't categorize this based on the report. And so it can be a flag for you to take note. Also other income when a tenant like reimburses you for something you paid for or a pet deposit or something like that, that it'll get broken out into other separate of the rent, a table structure reporting. Oh my gosh. Like you'll know document your actual storage. Yes. Document um, storage. There's Proper a whole contact list. Prep. I mean, if you bought a property from us, everybody that you could possibly need to contact about your property is all stored in there. It is really, really cool, all the things you can do with it. In addition, if you haven't already used the text alert system, there is a text alert system in there and we are plugging it in. The next cool thing we're building is integration into with the property management company so that they can actually communicate better with you, how you would like to be communicated with mm -hmm. about mostly about the thing that drives everybody mad, which is maintenance, Yep, maintenance approvals, maintenance requests. Anywhere we're very excited about it. We've had some people beta testing it for quite a while, including Heather and it's going to launch. So we're going to be sending out emails, but you guys here heard it first. So right. here it is. We are delivering it on the podcast first. And it will do a lot of these. So you can log in anytime. If you have eight properties, 10 properties, you can log in. You can see what your whole portfolio is doing. You can see what the individual properties are doing. And you can see that on all four returns, which is so cool. Yes. Cash on cash return, appreciation, depreciation, 
And finally, last but not least, the one that you have probably would have a harder time unless you looked at your mortgage statements and that's principal reduction. Yep. Because it, it automatically generates the amortization schedule for you and just calculates it. It's, it's fantastic. So, and you can go in and actually override stuff too. So if it auto calculates depreciation at a 25% tax bracket at 27 and a half years. And if you did cost segregation on your property, you can go in and override and put in your depreciation every year. And then you have actual depreciation return too, which rocks. Yep. So. And I think this is the other thing that gets lost with people because the thing that's in front of your face every single month is your cash on cash return. Mm -hmm. If you have one month where the, you know, the HVAC system goes out and you have to pay for a new HVAC system, yep. well, your cash flow went away for the year. It's gone, maybe a year and a half, depending on how big the system was. And that's all you will focus on. And you may end up cutting off your nose to spite your face or stepping over dollar bills to pick up nickels, as I like to say, all because the only thing you're looking at is the cash flow. It's yeah. not the only return. We harp on it here because properties should positive cash flow because if the HVAC goes bad, the property should have been able to cover it, right? But let's not forget the other three that are actively working all the time for you. Okay. So anyway, that will put them front and center in your face. You'll be able to see what your portfolio is doing, just like you would your stock portfolio. It'll be fantastic. So if you're interested in that, Heather, they just reach out at invest at rpcinvest.com, email us, and we'll send you instructions on how to log in and cre we'll create an account for you if you don't have an account. And then you will need to upgrade your account. So when you log in, we'll send instructions for that as well. This is an account upgrade because we have a whole DI team in the background making this run. <laughs> There's lots of little men running in a wheel to make this uh, wheel spin. And so we are going to- Technically, they are women and men. True. And... I always call it the hamster in the wheel. So I was thinking- Yeah. So they're, they're <laughs> Actually, great. that's true. Great... Mostly women team, huh? There's such a great team over there. And anyway, they've made this thing hum. So- That's right. We hope that it hums for you. Sign up. We'd love to see, we'd love to hear your feedback, actually. That's right. Love to, love to hear your feedback. We are looking so, at doing a free trial. And then after that, it'll be a small subscription fee. So. Yeah. And it's going to be so insignificant to your portfolio that yeah. we made it That's so right. that it would be that way. Okay. For you guys first, and we're going to start emailing it out. So yeah, get jump on the train. Yep. Be the first one on there because we'll have more time to get it set up and ready so for easy you. For me. So. I'm an early adopter, Heather. I'm, <laughs> I'm an early adopter. For all of you who are not early adopters, jump on there and see what this thing will do. Because I think even if you're not an early adopter, it will make your life much, much easier. That's at least why we designed it and built it. So yeah, that's your make something happen for this week. That is your make something happen for this week. So go, go make it happen. In addition to that, those of you got your paper out and started writing, make sure you understand this. And if you don't understand, email us. We'll yes. jump on, we'll jump on a call with you guys and make sure you get this because this is all really important stuff. The math's so important, so important. And if you have so, friends that own real estate, tell them about it. Yes. Can, anyone can come and get an account on the portal. Share this boring episode with them too, so they can understand math <laughs> as well. That's right. I promise we won't do math on the next one. <laughs> all right, everybody till next time, get out there, and make something happen. Thanks guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.